everyone. Welcome to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Before I get started, I wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you got nice and stuffed and read some books and not only watched football, which I'm sure most of you did. Um, There's some great new books releasing. Um, I try every week to take the books that are releasing this week, maybe last week or next week, and mention that I'm on the show. So if you have books that are coming out, please go to my Facebook page and let me know. Um, Releasing tomorrow, Vanessa Fewings has Perfume Girl. It is exceptionally romantic, a beautiful, beautiful book that I had the honor of reading. Gavin Reese's book, The Absolver Rome, has released. Katie Bryan's book, A Shepherd's Christmas Carol, released. J.J. Hensley, who's with me in the last segment, has Record Scratch out. Eve Wing, Chasing Rainbows in New York City. Um, Claire Fullerton, Morning Dove. Joe Clifford's The One That Got Away. This is, um, he is no longer writing in the Jay Porter series. This is a standalone for right now. Josh Pachter, The Man Who Reads Mysteries. Jeff Abbott's The Three Beths. My friend Travis Richardson released Bloodshot and Bruised. It's a really great book. Melissa, Melissa McClone released His Christmas Family. And the brilliant Deborah Webb released Ryan. Also, releasing not too long ago, is my guest tonight, J.R. Blackland. His book is called Down the Broken Road. Best title I've heard all year. Um, it is a, uh, let me tell you a little bit about J.R. before and before his book. Um, he is uh, originally from North Carolina, but now lives in my home state of Florida. He was um, a journalism student at University of Florida. And then kind of took a detour. Don't ask me how he got into construction management from journalism and now writing. But um, he and his wife and fur babies all live in Jacksonville. His book is the Rachel, Car- the Rachel Carver series. I'm thrilled to welcome to Authors on the Air for the first time, J.R. Backlund. J.R., welcome to Authors on the Air, and thank you for being with me. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. How are you? Did you have a nice Thanksgiving, and did you watch football? I did. All the above, yes. (laughs) And so do you root for any particular college team, like the Gators? Well, absolutely. I root for the Gators, yeah. That would be a crime to not do that. Well, I don't know. You know, I always rooted for you based to Miami. But and and your your pro team favorite is I'd say the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I get a little disappointed from time to time about about them, my Jags. Listen, I'm a Miami. I was a Miami Dolphin fan for a long time. I I totally can commiserate with that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your books. You have two books out now. The first one is called Among the Dead, a Rachel Carver mystery, which came out last year. And just this October, you released Down the Broken Road, also a Rachel Carver mystery. Um, Tell me about Rachel Carver. Who is she? Well, she's, um, I guess the the easiest way to put it is she's my mom. Uh, (laughs) My mom was the inspiration for Rachel. Yeah. Um, and you know, I could spend forever talking about it, but I guess the easiest way to say is when I first started researching, uh, writing a detective, um, novel or, you know, somebody who was a homicide detective, I bought this book called practical homicide investigation. 
It's mm-hmm. like the Bible for homicide investigators. Um, and when you open this thing up, the first thing that I saw were these awful pictures um, of terrible things that people do to each other. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I was expecting drawings or, you know, cartoon representations of murder, but I got the real thing. Um, and these pictures were awful. And I remember discussing them with my mom and she had recently become a nurse. Uh, mom changed careers when she was 50. And so I remember thinking after listening to her talk, she could do this job. You know, she could be, and I started, you know, sort of getting really uh, excited about that idea, like her personality and the way that she um, deals with tough situations. She kind of was the perfect, perfect inspiration. Wow. That's wonderful. Um, uh, in, and for those of you who, who like crime fiction and want to know more about the art and science of crime fiction, I absolutely recommend that you listen to DP Lyle's podcast called Criminal Mischief. Um, he it, does a master class in, in all things homicide, starting with all the methods of homicide and then all the ways of homicide, all the uh, uh, reasons for homicide. It's brilliant. You can hear it on sadcloud.com forward slash authors on the air and look for criminal mischief with DP Lyle. Um, being a physician himself and a very, very astute crime writer, you might really enjoy yeah, great. listening to that. I um, have met him before. I doubt he'd remember me, but I've taken some of his classes at Thriller Fest, yeah. which happens up yes. in New York City. Yeah. Uh, he's, right. he's, he teaches a great class. Yes, he does. As a matter of fact, that's where he and I decided, well, he came in for a live interview, a remote I was doing from the book room up there at Thriller Fest, and he has that nice deep voice, and I I said to him, Mm -hmm. God, you got to come and be on my network. He goes, I want to be in your network. And so the next week he was podcasting (laughs) for us. (laughs) It was meant to be, I think. It was kismet. Um, So let let me wind back a little bit. You were, went to school for journalism, and, and you, University of Florida has a great journalism school, actually. Ha, was it your oh, intention yeah. to be a print journalist? Um, ha, is that why you were studying there? Or had you were taking journalism because you like to write? Uh, both. I, I definitely have always seen myself wanting to be a novelist, wanting to write you know, fiction. But... Um, you know, I, I I I really just love everything sort of economics and politics and history related. And when I started looking for, you know, I, I just spent a little bit too much time in school, um, going from one major to the next, not really knowing what I wanted to do. And so I decided I'd had enough and didn't want to be a lawyer and didn't want to be a professor. So the next best thing um, was to go to journalism school and see if I'd get a job writing about politics or history or economics. And so I got into their uh, magazine specialty um, over at, you know, they have a, at that time, I don't know what it's like now, but you could, you could either go the reporting route, which puts you into newspapers, or you could go to magazines, or you could go to public relations, or you could go to t- uh, broadcasting. Um, right. And I chose magazines. Uh, right at the time I graduated right at the time when um, everything was changing in print journalism. Um, so it was sort of, you know, it was January, 2002 um, when I was uh, February, January, 2002, when I 
was finishing up and leaving Gainesville and trying to figure out what I was going to do. And there just weren't really good print jobs available at that time, especially not around here. So instead of writing novels, you had to work, obviously. You couldn't just leave school and, and pray that you got, you were the one in however many hundred thousand <laughs> got the big advance yeah. for uh, your first novel. Right. And you decided to yeah. to do something else. You were in construction management. What was the last straw for you when you said, this is it, I, I got to write? Or had you been writing all along? I had been been writing. Um, I had a lot of sort of false starts where I'd get a really good idea, or at least I thought it was a good idea for a novel, and I'd write about 40 pages or you know a couple of chapters and, would sort of die out and life would take over and you know it's it's hard to work full-time and write a novel um uh-huh. i definitely sympathize with everyone who's ever had to do that um and which is how i wrote my first novel that it was never published um but um i i just decided that it was time to get serious about it and my mom um she's really the one she told me if I, you know, she quit working her job as a restaurant manager and went back to school and graduated when she was 50 and became a nurse. And, and I remember, um, you know, taking pictures with her after her graduation. And she looked at me and she said, if I can do this, then you can do that, which means like, it's not too late, but you better get working on it. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. You do, you know, you have to, you have to do whatever it takes to make it happen. Not going to happen on its own, right? Well, that's true. Um, were you always a reader? Uh, yes, um, but I have to say I read more nonfiction than than fiction. Um, something I'm constantly many... being criticized for. <laughs> oh no 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 no! Uh, many many <laughs> many writers who've been on this show say that they prefer to read biographies and memoirs and other nonfiction versus in their own genre. Uh, and so don't let anyone criticize you because that's just, you know, you read what you read, you like what you like, but writing as a profession is something totally different. How did you learn the craft of writing? Um, well, I, I, I read a lot more fiction when I was younger um, mm-hmm. And I think that was probably the first start. You know, you just sort of try to mimic what you read in other books. And I read a lot of science fiction back then, mm. science mm-hmm. fiction. And then I got into um, thrillers, mostly like Tom Clancy type techno, political, mm-hmm. military thrillers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, going to journalism school, you know, that changed everything. Um, there was all about write tight and get to the point and, you know, mm-hmm. get the message out as quickly as you can because you're going to lose people's interest. Um, and magazine writing, which was a little more feature oriented than say hard news articles in a newspaper um, really lent itself, I think, to the style that I write now. Um, you know, crime fiction, is very similar to how we wrote magazine articles in school. So, so the who, what, where, when, how, and why of it all uh, really helped you in a, in a very succinct way with, with 
dialogue and narrative. It, it was it couldn't be too flowery, like you said. You have to grab them in the first paragraph, and it's like that now in fiction books. You really have to grab people in the first paragraph or the first page and hook them because there is a um, an embarrassment of riches out there. People are very fickle about their books, aren't they? Yes. And I'm, I'm very much, um, <laughs> I, I fit right into that mold of people who will be very fast to put down a book if it doesn't grab them right away. Um, and, you know, there's a truth, you know, sometimes you hear these little phrases that people tell you, little sayings that, that really ring true. And the one that sticks with me, um, I heard it, I guess, my first Thriller Fest. Um, somebody was teaching a class, and I wish I could remember her name, but it's so true. Um, every sentence that you put on the page must make you want to read the next sentence. Um, and every page must make you want to turn the page to the next one. So, you know, really the way I look at it is every word I put down has to make the person want to go to the next word on the page. And, um, so I tend to, I, I think I might overdo it sometimes. I think I might tend to write a little bit too, uh, almost like a screenplay. In fact, that Too was a sparingly. Right. Yeah. When I, when I sent my first novel off for consideration, one of the publishers um, sent me back um, his rejection. And it said, you know, in part that I wrote like a screenwriter who was trying to write his first novel. And I thought that's a great thing, but it turns out it wasn't. Um, well, you needed so a, little meat on, a little more meat, more meat on the bone then, right? You needed more a little bit bone, more, yeah. <laughs> more meat on the bone. Those were, those were baby back ribs without, with only bones. So um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. obviously you figured it out. Um, I just opened, um, uh, the online version of your book. And um, so this is your first paragraph, the pink light of daylight, the rattling of an ancient air conditioner struggling against the summer heat, the smell of freshly cut grass and fertilizer and pesticides and urine. That definitely grabs your attention. Something has just happened. Something has just happened. So um, I really like the way your book reads. Very, very much. Um, it is Thank not you. filled with tons of flourishes, which to me, when you're writing genre fiction, or at least when I'm reading genre fiction, pulls me out of a story pretty fast. Um, if I, uh, you know, if it's the same, if someone's describing the scenery, you can tell me there are leafy green trees but I don't need to have a description of every shade of green and how many leaves there are. Does that make sense? <laughs> you mm, know, yes. <laughs> because that, that moves me away from there's no forward motion in that. It's very mm. different. I think that genre fiction is very different than literary fiction where maybe you want to see how many ripples are on the water. I just want to know the water is rippling and here's the reason, you know, there's a body in there <laughs> essentially. Yeah. So, so are you, you've, now you've gone to Thriller Fest, you've gone to BoucherCon, you've obvi- obviously mm-hmm. sat in on plenty of classes and panels and things like that. Um, um, are you happy with the way you're writing now, or do you, are you still trying to fine-tune it? I'm definitely 
still trying to learn and fine tune it. Um, <laughs> I write better in my mind than than what ends up on the page, <laughs> and so I'm I'm constantly um, trying to get what's in my head out on the on the page. Um, mm-hmm. You know the way it the way that I think it should read, mm-hmm. um, and that yeah that's that's probably the most difficult thing I think. Um, it's it's writing the story the way that I want it to tell it as as quickly as I can, but also getting everything out there that I want. And you know, you mentioned setting the scene. There's something, for instance, just to give you one small example of something that I'm trying to do now, as as I start writing my next book, is uh, there's this neat little trick that I've that I've seen. Um, there's a writer named Patrick Lee. Um, mm-hmm. He's a He's a great guy, phenomenal um, person. I, I met him at Thriller Fest before I ever read one of his books, and then I read a book of his called Runner, and I was just uh, blown away by how good it was. And one of the things that he does is that he'll get you into a scene, and instead of taking a, a beat in between dialogue that just sort of is like, oh, he, he scratched you know his jaw or whatever, he touched his hair, he'll give you a little description, uh, you know, Somebody will finish a line of dialogue and they'll say the sun peaked over the, you know, the rise or whatever. Um, and he sort of builds the scene as you're in it. And I just like the way he does that. And that's something that I want to try to do as well. Um, you know, is to sort of not feel like I have to set the entire scene at the beginning and then get into the action. So, Little things like that, you know, the more that you read from different authors and you find something they do really well, um, you'd be foolish not to incorporate that into your own writing. I've um, I've had uh, guests tell me that they find books by their favorite authors and then go through and highlight the way that they incorporate story arcs or red herrings in the story. I... I have just finished reading a series by Adam Hamdy that was so fast-paced and was so thrilling in every sense of the word. The edge of danger was always there. You felt it in every paragraph that even at the end of the chapter when normally a reader gets to take a breath, I was anxious to move on to, to see what happened because, oh, my God, how could you ratchet up the tension any more than that? So. So I think many, many, you know, writers read the way you were describing Patrick Lee's book, Runner, which I know is a runaway hit, um, that, you know, you're peeling the onion, but you're peeling it kind of fast, (laughs) which is nice, you know, versus coring the apple and just saying, okay, this is it. Let's go backwards and figure out how it happened or forward to figure out who it was. So, you know, it's interesting. Do you consider your books thrillers, mysteries, suspense, or a combination thereof? I have to say they're a combination of mystery and thriller. I definitely thought they were thrillers until Crooked Lane, my publisher, said these are mysteries and and put them in in the mystery sections. Um, so if you're looking for them at, at a bookstore, you'll probably find them in the mysteries versus um where they keep the thrillers and the fiction and literature area. Um, so I've had to sort of adjust to the mystery 
um, they even call it a Rachel Carver mystery. Um, so I've had to adjust a little bit and learn a little bit more about the mystery side of of the crime writing genre versus so thrillers. My, where I my understanding is that to. I could I could be wrong, but my understanding is that a mystery is where you're trying to find out who done it, where a thriller mm-hmm. is, you know who done it, and you're just waiting to see what happens next. Does that sound yeah. accurate to you or no? Do you have another description? My description would be um, it's a, the same but a little more simplistic almost. And it deals with the tension of the novel, which is mystery is something that's bad happened. And you got to figure out who did it versus a thriller being something bad is going to happen and you have to stop it. Okay. Um, and that's kind of how... And so my, my books are, are mysteries and thrillers because I definitely, I, um, I definitely want there to be something worse to happen in the future if, the, if you know, Rachel doesn't save the day um, mm-hmm. and figure everything out. But there is, mm-hmm. a, there is a, the first book, I'd say, it was a little more of a mystery element. You know who the killers are right away. You don't know why or who's behind them. Um, and the second uh, book, it's much more traditional mystery in the sense of not knowing who did it. Um, but there's definitely that thriller, you know, um, something bad is, is on the horizon if you don't figure this out. It's coming quickly, and so you better hurry up and figure it out, right? Right. <clears throat> Interesting. Right. Interesting. Um, how long does it take you to write a book? Uh, four to six months. Do you do a lot of research for your books? Oh, yes. Yeah, and I is, don't really include that in the writing process. When I say four to six months, that's without research. Is Google your best friend, or do you go in person and do research? All of the above. Uh, I'm. I, uh, For instance, my next book is going to take place, I believe, in... Cherokee, North Carolina, they said that's what I'm planning right now. So I went there, talked to um, a detective with the local police department, um, went around the town and got to know the town pretty well, uh, talked to the police department's public relations official and a few other people. Um, And then, of course, I did as much online research as I could, bought a few books. Um, You know, uh, I I think there's – I want to – I want it to take place during a wildfire. Um, mm-hmm. So I've spoken to some people with the um, the National Forest Service and the Asheville Hotshots and those kind of people. They talk right. about forest fires. And, uh, so, yeah, I definitely do as much research as I can online. Um, and sometimes that'll get me started, and then I meet people and talk to them. And then sometimes they'll say something that I then use the jumping off point to do more online research or more book research. And then I might go back to them and go back and forth. Um, and, and, you know, a, what appears in the, in a novel as far as research goes for me is it's sort of like an iceberg. So much of it is underneath that never actually appears yes. in a novel, but Absolutely. it gives me all these ideas, you know? And, and so I, there's only tidbits, only bits and pieces that actually so end up in the book. Let's pull that thread a little bit. You mentioned that Rachel Carver is kind of inspired by your mom. And um, so 
story ideas um, through research. You might come up with, with a story idea through talking to other people. You may come up with a story idea. Are you a people watcher? Mm -hmm. Do you overhear conversations? (laughs) Is it true that you mystery writers are the biggest snoops in the world? (laughs) Well, I, I feel um, like I can't avoid, um, you know, being a snooper, you know, I'm on Facebook. And so people just sort of spit it out, whatever's bothering them all the time. Um, So it's easy to be a voyeur in this day and age and just sort of take in, you know, this, I don't even know if there's such a thing as gossip anymore. It's just all out there for you to peruse among your friends. (laughs) Everybody volunteers it so easily. Yeah. Um, well, so I, yeah, you know, I definitely you, keep my ear open. I bet. Do you? Um, so, do you have a lot of ideas floating around in your mind for stories? Yes, yes, I do. So, There's, how do you how do you know which one to work on? Um, well, f- so for down the broken road, I I submitted I think three or four ideas that I felt. Um, really strong, strongly about, um, mm-hmm. and I sort of put them in order, and they picked, I think, the second or third one. Um, Interesting. Which is what became down the broken road, and and you know right away when when I signed with Crooked Lane, they, you know, there's a there's a backstory to Rachel Carver and a, a case that she wasn't able to solve um, that you learn about in the first book. And they said, we want to tackle that pretty soon, maybe in the second book. Um, so I knew from the get-go I'd be going back to that case, but um, I wasn't really sure what had happened. You know, I just sort of, there was a murder that was unsolved, and so I had to figure it out after the fact what it was going to be about. Um, so they picked one of one of the four or five ideas I had submitted um, that became Down the Broken Road. So let's talk about the first book called Among the Dead, a Rachel Carver mystery. This is book number one. You've received rave reviews on this. Um, All of your reader reviews are stunningly good. And um, for a debut novel, that's pretty darn sweet. Um, You've gotten starred reviews from Kirkish. You've got a great review from PW. You have other authors, including my friend Lisa Black, who are in bookish, all these people who are giving you great reviews. Um, it must have felt good for that to happen. But how long did it yes. take for this story to get birthed? Um, well, it's pretty fast. I mean, I I started writing the book. Um, let me. See, I don't want to get the dates wrong. I started writing it in February of 2016. I went to Thriller Fest um, without July. an agent and obviously without a publisher that July and got um, Crooked Lane interested in the idea um, and hadn't finished the book yet. I finished it and sent it to them in August and heard back, and, and there it was. Um, and, you know, the idea just sort of came from I was researching and reading uh, that awful homicide investigation book and just thought, you know, if anybody 
really took the time to study this, they'd be very good at, you know, sort of committing a murder that would be you know, next to impossible to solve. And that was well, sort of the premise for the first one. That's interesting. That's you know, interesting. Creating a bad guy who's really good at hiding his tracks. Interesting. Um, so your your next book is written already, or you are finishing it? No, I'm I'm actually just getting started on the next one. Oh, you're getting started um, on number three. Okay. So you gave yourself a little yeah. break because it's football season, and you know <laughs> what writer what what American writer can a male writer can go without taking a break for football season or or something, uh, or skiing someplace or whatever, whatever your season <laughs> of choice is. <laughs> um, yeah. It is interesting to note that um, in Amazon, when it says customers who bought this item also bought, you are listed with the fabulous Alan Eskins, who was just on not too long ago, with James Patterson, Target Alex Cross, that's his new book, Michael Conley, who I interviewed at BoucherCon, and Janet Ivanovich, whose book just came out, although I'm not sure how you fit with Janet Ivanovich because she's kind of humorous mystery um yeah you're in you're in fine company you're in fine company company. yeah i can't complain about that (laughs) it's great company um congratulations on your successes jr backland tell everyone where they can find you. you on the webs and social media well you can look me up on i'm on um I've got my very sparse website is jrbackland.com. I can be found on Facebook under JR Backland and also Twitter. Um, and that's, those are the best places to locate me. And, um, and I can be found in Barnes and Noble or on barnesandnoble.com and Amazon. I've got a little author page on Amazon. Um, and uh, if you reach out, I'll always uh, do my best to get back to anybody who wants to talk. I, I absolutely recommend that you go to J.R. Backlin and Amazon, um, where it has a nice little bio of Jason here who refuses to put it up on his website. I had to go hunting around for him <laughs> and uh, hunting around for photos and all kinds of stuff. You know, you make an interview or do your work, I have to tell you. It'll, um, be, on, but, it'll be on the website tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I want to thank you also because you're – you as author J.R. Backlund have been a sponsor for this show tonight, and that was really nice of you to do. Um, also, look for a book review by the Network Book Review team. They are on Facebook at Book Review, review Crew. It also migrates up to our website, so you can look there and see also all the other book reviews that our team does. Um, J.R. Backlund, I wish you the best of luck with this series. The book is fabulous. I love the covers. I love the title. It's, my, I think, my favorite title of any book all year. And so if I gave an award Excellent. for that, you'd be, you'd be right in line there. <laughs> um, will you come I'd back? I'd take it. You, Thank you. You said, okay, well, Will you come back when your next book is out so we can hear what happens with Rachel Carver? Absolutely, yes. 
Very good. Um, I thank you so much for spending your Monday evening with me, both author J.R. Backlund and listeners and readers. Thank you for being with me. I wish you a terrific week. I'll be back on Wednesday with three more shows and then Friday with a very special episode. I hope everyone has a really nice evening. Thank you, J.R., and thank you, listeners, and thank you, Mom and Dad. Good night. Mm-hmm.